I'm Laurie Mallon, and this is the Results Without Restriction podcast, the show where results have nothing to do with weight and everything to do with setting and reaching health and fitness goals that focus on what we're achieving and not what we're losing. We'll talk about deprogramming from diet culture and get expert advice on reclaiming your relationship with food and movement. Join me on this journey to get results without restriction. Welcome everyone. I am here with Anastasia Rudis, who is a rest coach who turned her life experiences and passions into a mission of helping women integrate a sustainable self-care routine so that they can enjoy guilt-free rest. Welcome, Anastasia. Now, I am so glad that you are here and I am excited to dive right in. I like to start with my guests and talk about kind of like your origin story and what brought you to the place where you became a rest coach and why this is so important to you? A uh, short version of uh, who I am. So I'm Ukrainian. I'm Ukrainian. And right now I'm living in San Francisco in California in the US. I've always been a traveling wanderer soul who have been all over the place. I've moved to the US eight years ago. Now we have a three-year-old and she changed my life. You know how they say kids change it. Like they really do. Before my child, I was never one of the parents, like I am 37 years old. We had her before COVID, it was 2019, and everyone was like, you're going to have so many like magical friendships that you're going to build with the same like aged kids. And then, you know, what happened? COVID came. And all those friendships that you were just starting to build out at six, seven months old, they were gone. Because... Everyone was in hiding and San Francisco, I don't know if you're many of listeners know, but it's not a, it's a wonderful city to be in, but you don't get as much space as in other parts of the country. Like you're precluded to this, like, this is me, right? My one bedroom is my space and that's it. I don't get a backyard. I don't get anything. She was born. I was like, oh, these new friends. And then they were gone. I was like, I need people. Like I need people. And so to me, I was really missing people. And with COVID, she actually started walking at 10 months, which was a lot. With the daycares closed, with reimagining cor- working from home, I, I am a corporate worker. I've been up until this May a corporate worker for 13 years. And with her being there, I was like, I'm not sure I'm enjoying this whole thing that's called life, work-life balance as much. And I started thinking of new ways of doing things. And it hasn't gotten me yet to like the rest coaching that I do right now, but it started me on a path of completely like resetting my brain. You know, Lori, for my whole life, I told myself a story that I'm not an entrepreneur because I don't see ideas sprouting out of my head. And so I was like, okay, if I don't do that, then I'm not an entrepreneur. I should not even try. And so for 13 years, I wasn't really trying. And then the first year of COVID, I realized that something needs to change for me because I no longer see value in waking up when other people tell me to, because that's what happens when you work for a multinational company that's across the coast and you're sitting on the Pacific. And somehow people like to call you at 6 a.m. Pacific, but they don't like to call you at 6 p.m. Pacific. I'm like, yeah, I prefer those calls. Like, let's talk 5 p.m. Let's No, no, but somehow 6 a.m. Is, is so much better. And so I started really racking my brain in a way I call it now 
I started exercising my idea generating muscle. I've heard it somewhere that's like anything we do, we can learn it to a certain point, right? We can wire our brain to give us what we are focusing on. And so I started doing that. I started generating and I started looking around and being like, okay, what could be my business? Because I didn't want to do the same thing I was doing in corporate just for myself. In my corporate, in my professional life, before I like started the entrepreneurial journey, I am a risk manager. You know what would be the first thing I would do at any job I would take? I would look for how much PTO time I get. That would be one of the main questions I would be asking of the recruiters before I even get into the job interviews. I need to know that I'm not trading off certain things from my current position to my new position because to me, money is important, but the number, like the amount of time I get for myself to do the things that I want has always been been my priority. People called me PTO expert. Seriously, when new people join, they're like, talk to Anastasia because she'll tell you all about the benefits. Do you know these people who like, oh my God, it's a holiday, I never realized it. And it's like coming up tomorrow, you know, or on Monday and you're like, oh, I haven't planned that. I'll be the person who is like at the beginning of the year, I know where all the holidays fall. I know where I'm doing with them. I know how much time I have. I was like, where do I get more time? I literally was that person who would be looking for more time. So when I learned that only around 25% of corporate workers in America in 2021 used all of their paid time off, that's it, all of it to the zero, only 25% of corporate Americans. So what does it mean? It means that 75% of those who are working, which is the majority of people, including probably including the entrepreneurs, because we don't really allow ourselves any time off, because why would we? It's our business. We have to be going all the time. Otherwise, it's not going to work, right? 75% of people leave money on the table for others to pick up because this is basically you giving your time off away. Um, you're leaving your time on the table because you're like, I don't care about this. Why would I need that? And finally, you're leaving that energy that everyone talks about where for you to operate in a certain way, for you to function, for you to come up and show up every day, you need to have that cup full, cup half full, cup something. But you need to have energy going out of you so you're not just like, I mean, you can crawl to a job, right? Uh, is that how you want to live your life? No, only 25% used full extent. And that's, I'm also sure, because COVID started happening. But at the same time, COVID triggered that into thinking, oh, can I go anywhere? It's like, it's COVID. I cannot fly. I'm like, yeah, but for those of your listeners, most of them are in the US, right? You have this whole continent. You get so much exploration space. And while it might not give you the historical ruins of Rome or the Eiffel Tower of Paris, you can still find the Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas. You can find things. The same way we think about vacations, the same way we think about rest, it's, it's either all or nothing. And when I realized that, I was like, it's not sustainable. That's, that's the word you might hear me say. And that's the word uh, I kind of say in my mission is I'm here to help people integrate sustainable self-care. Because what is sustainable? It's something that works for you. It doesn't work for me. Like I can tell you all about how I like to rest. But what it would do, it would just make you feel like, okay, and what do I do with that? When I work with my clients, we figure out what is your rest? What is your self-care? What brings you joy? 
it's one of the pillars of my framework is like figuring out your joy and figuring out what what replenishes your energy for me for example it's listening to music reading books staring out the window you know walking by the ocean for someone else it can be something like i know there are people who enjoy running i'm like running enjoying this is just sounds terrible but when we look at the big picture we always like set this goal of i need to exercise or someone said i need to wake up early that's my favorite one when people are like you should wake up early to get more done or to get something i'm like you should not do anything unless you agree to that and that's paid for you shouldn't really do anything whatever i tell you whatever lori tells you dear listener you should not do anything if you don't want to if it doesn't sit with you if it doesn't feel right because that's the biggest thing i see and hear i you know one of my questions i i once asked my like audience i was like if you had a choice you got a gift card between a spa and a, and a movie what would you choose Lori? i would probably choose the movie okay awesome i love that so majority of the moms who responded to that question they said spa obviously spa 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 and then there was this one mom who was like i really enjoy a movie but I should probably choose a spa. I'm like, you should not do any, like, because the crowd says spa doesn't mean spa. Like, I love spa, but I love a certain type of spa. Like, I don't go for facials. I like a foot massage or a head massage, you know? That's my type of spa. Like, I would look for those things versus, like, oh, they do a great facial. I'm like, I don't like people touching my face. But my point here is, like, there is this should. There is this perception of oh someone else thinks i need to be doing this and so i should be doing this so we are not diving into none of us do unless we intentionally try to none of us realize that hey there's this baggage that comes with us let's call it social media let's call it news let's call it just like we grew up like that right and it and it's covered in those shoots and those shoots they direct our life and so I usually ask my question, I ask my clients, it's like, do you, does this practice, habit, thought serve you or do you serve it? Because when someone tells you that you should wake up early to exercise because your kid is waking up at six, so you should wake up at five and you an owl, you would feel so energized. It would just make you feel so excited to fail at that. And then you get to beat yourself up for that. Yay. Because you're like, oh, I set this goal. And now I don't get to achieve it because I hate it. Because it's not you. Because it's not me. Like, my husband hates waking up early. I wake up early. But even then, when my daughter would wake up at 7, I would never tell myself, like, oh, I should wake up at 6.50 so I can get a cup of tea. Yes, sometimes I think that. But it's like, does it feel well? No. Like, I wouldn't intentionally make myself put an alarm earlier then my body wants to wake up because we all discount that's that's one of the things i i see for myself as well as for others we wait until something really burns up down uh, up our ass before we start really listening to our body to rest and rest doesn't always have to mean spas right or manicures or self care means just that it can be anything and it is as unique as each one of us. 
it is as magical and needs to be discovered as it is for each one of us. Yes. All right. Here's what I want to do. I want to go back okay. for a second yes. and kind of okay. recap Sorry. how you got to that so I can summarize it and just kind of give give like a little quick synopsis. Okay. So you started as a corporate worker. You did um, something that you didn't really want to do as a business for yourself. But when, you know, 2020 hit and you kind of were like, okay, I'm, you know, I have, I just became a mom and I'm really not seeing, oh, but you were also, you, it, it sounds also like you have always, even as a, as a, an employee, you prioritized rest, self-care, time for yourself, and yep. you maximized whatever, you know, that is part of your compensation package is PTO. So, you know, yep. you were, you were taking advantage of every opportunity to, to care for yourself outside of the workplace. And I love that. So that sounds like one of your values that you carried over into your business and, and, and you actually made it your business to help yep. other people um, prioritize this as well. So when 2020 hit and you were like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm a mom now and I've had this corporate, this corporate career doing this kind of work. Um, but I'm really seeing a need for, for people to do something that I know I can help them with. I know this is so critical to long-term health and just, you know, enjoying the present. It's not even about what they're going to get 20 years from now, but just right now, how are we can, yep. how we can take care of ourselves. So that kind of launched you into being a rest coach, but let me add, this is something we kind of glazed over, but one, I'd never heard of a rest coach before I met you. Like I did not know that was a thing. Um, this is amazing. And that's because I made it a thing. You made it a I thing. Made it a, it. I made it a thing. You you flexed your idea generating muscle and you said, you know what? This is an important thing. I'm going to launch this and I'm going to put it out there because I know it's important. So you became a rest coach. And as far as I know, you're the only one in existence, which is great. Yes. Um, and I just be... and I submitted a trademark protection for that. It's it's filed. Great. So I am I officially have a TM next to my rest coach thing now. You are you are officially the only rest coach that we know. You have cornered the market on this practice. Fantastic. But here's what I want to dive into a tiny bit here. Yes. What and and you've you've kind of gone into when you work with your clients, you talk about creating a sustainable rest practice. But what does it look like in just um like logistically to work with a rest coach? Like, what does that mean for me? If I'm like, I need, I know I need to hire somebody. How do I know it's a rest coach that I need? And then what does that look like? So the reason why I created a rest coach practice, right. And what, and I created this designation of myself is I realized that there is a lot of, you might see similarities in people calling it productivity management, productivity coaching, where people focus on you need to rest to get more done. To me, it like the, the logic is not there. To me, it's like you need to rest to rest. And then because you rest and because you start valuing yourself more and you start valuing your time more, you get more done. It's a byproduct. Like productivity to me is a byproduct of resting because rest we I don't want to say we vilify rest, but we vilify the idea of how can I rest? Like I need to be doing something all the time, especially for mothers. But at the same time, for 
for entrepreneurs. We feel like we cannot stop because as soon as we put our child or our business down for a second, it's going to die. And guess what? It's not, especially the child. I checked. You tested that theory personally. Everybody lived. Yes, exactly. Everybody lived. Uh, and so is like, and the same for businesses. It's like, we don't allow ourselves to take a pause, take a breath, and then we work out of exhaustion. And that just shows up differently. But to your question, Lori, as to how do you, how do you realize that you need a rest coach is when you, I want to say when you gone through some things where you're like, okay, I'm either seeing all these wonderful affirmations, you know, but I'm realizing I'm not doing it. Or I've tried certain things because we all try all the time, right? We, we see information coming at us and we're like, oh, I should do this or I should do that. I should do. And, but those shoots, again, they don't work because they're not your shoots. They're someone else's shoes. They're external. And so in a way, I'm hope, like I'm looking for the, the people who come to me that they have a little bit of awareness that, hey, there were certain things they've tried, but they're realizing they need more, they need deeper, and they need very individualized attention. And kind of in a way, it's like, can we do it alone? Sure, we can do anything alone, right? Can you like, you, you can move the countries, you can do, you can move the mountains alone, but it is so much easier when you have support and accountability. And that's, that's why people come to me, because I feel like when you have someone else to celebrate with, when you have someone else to hold you up a little bit and support you when you're feeling down, that's when people come to me, right? When they're realizing that, hey, and, and for some of them, it's like they waited too long. They haven't listened to their body and their body went into this like uh, total burnout, mental health exhaustion. It can show up differently in bodies, right? It can be that your body is like, let me twist an ankle so you don't walk and you have to sit down and you have to pause or let me do something else, you know, so that, I don't know, uh, last winter, this Christmas, my Christmas vacation was stopped by universe giving me non, uh, no symptom COVID. We had to cancel everything before we flew. The, the day of the flight, I got the that you have COVID. I didn't have any symptoms. I my whole family didn't have any symptoms, but we were sitting at home for 10 days to quarantine. It was uh wonderful. But at the same time, I was like, okay, what is this situation trying to give me? The situation was trying to give me that if I didn't know, I would be stuck then in my destination place for more time, feeling stressed out. Because like COVID shows up 10 days later and you don't know that you've just had it for 10 days and it's gone out of your system. It continues for 90 days, right? And so coming to me is, I don't want to call it a last resort. Nothing is a last resort. But you, when your body tells you when you're like, I want something to change and I want it to be different because everything that I've done before, whether it's reading talking to others trying it myself maybe trying and like like you say scheduling it a lot of people try scheduling rest and while it is an option and while it works for some when you have a volatile thing that's for example called a child you can't really schedule anything like you can 
put a placeholder. You can make an idea that, hey, I would like to do that. But when we, when we do it in our heads and we call it scheduling and then we don't do it at that time, that starts you back on that, like, oh, I'm a failure thing. Oh, I can't get even this one small thing for me done, so maybe I don't deserve it. So I work with my clients to reimagine the, the idea of self-worth, as well as, in a way, mom guilt, when we're talking to moms, right? But the self-worth as to, do I deserve to rest? Because throughout our lives, we're told we have to earn the right to rest. We get to raise our hands at school to go pee. We get to negotiate for the amount of time you get when you work for a corporate. And then when you get into entrepreneurship, you get zero because you're an entrepreneur of yourself. So you negotiate yourself down to zero because why would you take a break? What people call work-life balance, I'm like, why do we put work in front? We don't put life in front. We put work in front, right? It's work-life balance. We all try to achieve the work-life balance. Why aren't we trying to achieve life balance? Why aren't we trying to achieve and find that in ourselves? Because it all starts with our own insides, right? Like our kids learn from us. They don't learn from the books first. They learn from us. They learn from seeing from us. And so I started the rest coaching practice to give an example to my kids. I grew up in a household where my mom would feel bad about watching a movie, so she would need to iron, let's say, at the same time, because like that's just a waste of time. We need to talk about the, the need to multitask. Okay. As a rest coach, you're working with your clients to create a sustainable and a personalized approach to what works for them as rest, not what works, you know, cookie cutter, like here you go, here's a prescription, here's like the, the blanket yeah, no. statement of what qualifies as rest. Because I know if you leave me to my own devices, right, things that in my mind in a moment might be sound restful are not, and things that may not actually sound like something I want to do are actually very restorative. For an example, if, if I'm exhausted and I've been doing a bunch of stuff and I'm like, oh, I really need to take a break and I'll just collapse on the sofa and I scroll Facebook. Guess what? An hour goes by. I don't feel any better. If anything, I feel worse. If I take that half an hour and I go for a walk, if I vacuum, if I straighten up something in my house, it's not rest, but it's restorative. But if I went and I took a walk, that is not rest, but it is rest from work. Does it that make sense? Rest. Does that qualify? It is rest. You, you know what? Rest can be anything you want it to be. And rest can be active or it can be passive. Right? Anything can be rest. It's your life. It can be anything we want it to be. Because it's ours. And we don't have to justify it to anyone. And that's where, like, the... the Kind of the trick and trap for a lot of people is, is that they're like, oh, rest is this. I need to be like lying down and I don't find that restful at all. And I'm like, great. What do you find restful? Maybe a walk, maybe a run, maybe a swim, maybe just a, a knitting session, right? Or a, I don't know, I love puzzles. Is this, is this rest? Is this an active thing? Like your rest and your definition and your kind of, I want to call it practices of rest, change. And they should change just as you do. Because this new normal, right? Since, since COVID, we all are trying to either find the new normal or come back to the old normal or whatever. Like we change, the world changes, life changes. 
And then we expect, oh, I was 14 and I was good at that or I enjoyed that and now that should be my thing. No, if you, you were 14 and you enjoyed that and you want to try it, go try it. But don't hold yourself to this like thing that if I did it once or if I said that I want to do this, this is the only thing I want to do. Same with career, same with anything, right? It's like when we grow up, we stop allowing ourselves to fluidly change with with the wind because we're like well this is not how adults behave right this is not what we do and when we prioritize rest for rest when we prioritize ourselves and we say i anastasia deserve rest for the sake of rest that way then i'm like oh yeah and now i have an hour and let me do a lot of productive work in that time because then I want to do something else. And then I want to do something for myself again. Because again, I deserve that. And it's also my life. It's my life. So I get to decide how it goes. And so do you. Can I recap then the, the mistakes yes. that I'm hearing that you've, that you've either witnessed, observed, um, or made yourself in, yep. in terms of like prioritizing rest and getting rest. So one is one, thinking we need to earn it. Yep. Um, you know, two is operating under the assumption that only certain things can be called rest. Like rest has to be laying down, quiet, look out the window, don't talk, sleep, um, you know, not working. Rest can, but you're saying rest Rest is very individual. Like for me, things that are restorative and restful are things that clear, that, that uh, give me kind of peace of mind that allow yes. my brain to relax a little bit. That's that's rest for me. Or moving my body outside, getting in nature, and then that is restful for me. Another mistake is not even recognizing that they don't have one. Maybe they think they have one and they don't. Maybe they think they've been doing the things that they should, and it's not restful. They're doing the things like, oh, I went to the spa because I felt like I should, and that didn't that did, like that would not be restful for me, right? So right. I'm recognizing that that is not a rest practice for me. And then the other, the last one would be waiting too long to incorporate one, and now I'm already burnt out. But now I'm already burnt out, so now I'm far behind. But now I'm so far behind, I can't take the time. I don't know if you're familiar with this called the exercise paradox where exercise is shown to be a very good stress reliever. But mm -hmm. if your stress level gets so high that you feel like you can't take time to exercise, you can never get to the point where reaping the benefits of exercise right. as a stress reliever because you can't take the time to exercise because you're so stressed, but you're so stressed because you can't exercise. And it goes right. around and around. In a way that actually, uh, so this book that I was pleading here, it's called The Choice, and I know you'll put it in notes. It talks about how we create this prison in our own heads, the prison of ideas. The pre like we, even when you're free, when you think you're free to do whatever you want, you create this prison in your own head of like recurring thoughts, like the exercise paradox, right? Where you think you have to exercise and when you don't exercise, you're a bad person or whatever the, the narrative goes for you, whether you are a failure, you are, um, just can't stick to your plans or blah, 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 blah. All those things create a reality for you where you perpetuate that truth for yourself versus realizing that that's what you're doing. Because I talk to a lot of fitness people and they're like, even one small movement a day is better than no small movement. 
right? So we think again, we think about exercise as this big encompassing thing, right? Like I have to go there, it has to happen for an hour, then there has to be this, there has like what if you just put on socks and you do two stretches or you do two push-ups or whatever it is, like it's it one, two. One of the fitness coaches I talked to, she's a friend, and she's like, our bodies are meant to move. And so changing the position is what is important. And yes, later on, when you get better at exercising the muscles of moving, you can build on that because it's so much easier to build on one, one second, you know, breathing exercise or five second breathing exercise versus saying, and now, Lori, let's meditate for an hour where you're like, I can't. I can't sit still for that long. Okay, you don't have to sit still. You don't even have to really do that because it's not for you, right? But the biggest thing, the biggest really, well, there are two biggest things, biggest mistakes people do is one, you you set this tremendous goal of, I call it, you haven't run, you haven't walked in a while and now you're like, I need to be running a marathon today. So you show up at a gym expecting to run a marathon on day zero before you started like even walk into that gym, right? And so at the same time, the second one I was talking to earlier is that we try to do it alone. We sit in our own heads of, oh, it's just me. I'm the only failure in this house. And yes, I need to exercise, but I cannot really exercise. And so I'm this bad person. But uh, even when I try, I like people would... People would laugh at me for how long I'm exercising. People would laugh at me at how I look exercising. People, whatever, whatever we create. Again, it's the prison on our own heads of the stories we tell ourselves. We think that someone else cares. No one around you cares how you look in your leggings. No one around you cares how you look pulling up that bar. As long as you're actually in that gym or you're walking, you're doing something. Because when we don't do, our bodies die. Our bodies stop, start breaking down from not using. You know how they say when the car has been standing for too long, it needs oil changes and all the things, right? Same with our bodies. We sit for so long. Like, I'm just sitting for the, for the purposes of this recording, but this is what I started sitting on. This is my ball. I, I'm like, I just decided that an hour on that might be a little bit too much. But moving our body and doing it in small things. And the same with any practice. There is this book called Atomic Habits, right? It talks about like how do something for two minutes, but do it every day or do it every other day. But And also setting the goals as small as possible and celebrating them. Those would be my probably tips as like celebrating the tiniest of achievements that you make for yourself celebrate them and have someone to celebrate it with because then the celebration becomes bigger then then it's really like even the silliest one when you're like okay it took five seconds to myself yes you took five seconds to yourself that is more than you did yesterday because yesterday you didn't intentionally get yourself five seconds doing that changes the narrative in your head let's talk a little bit about working with you as a rest coach, what does it look like in terms of um, your coaching program or any other services that you offer? Yes. Uh, so right now I'm mostly working in a one-on-one -on -one capacity. I call it a building your rest muscle program 
we work together for seven one-on-one -on -one sessions. They're usually on your schedule, but I try to have them every other week so that it stretches into three to four months. And what we do is we, we go through my signature framework. We identify what's important to you, really. What is your joy? What is your rest? What is your like recharging? We also think about kind of a, from a risk management perspective, we think how can we plan for the plan for the worst outcomes. You know how when you think, oh, I need to take a break, but I cannot take a break because something bad will happen. So really, are you thinking about that? Like sitting down and you know how you do your goals for the year or for the month or something and being like, okay, what's the worst that would happen if I close the door on my child while I pee by myself? Like, what's the worst that would happen? Would the child scream? Can you survive that? Can someone else engage with the child while you do that so you can practice five seconds for yourself again? So we do that. We also think we look at who is your village, who can help you, whether it's paid help, whether it's your help. There are a lot of places where people think, oh, I don't have anyone to help. Like current way of life, like I live in San Francisco. I've been blessed with having grandparents here for my child. but. I also understand that there is times and places when you don't have anyone around you in, where you think like, okay, but I would challenge you and be like, okay, if there was an emergency right now and you had to leave your child for like five minutes, an hour, who would you call? There would still be someone in your life, right? Who would be that emergency person. So have you ever talked to them and be like, okay, would you be that person for me? Like, I trust you, but would you actually have that conversation? So thinking through those things and then reframing your worth, right? Like working with the mom guilt or just, just the general of like, do I deserve this whole thing? And how can I establish those boundaries that let's say closed door means a closed door for me and my children. And I communicate that. And this would be the consequences of mommy not being happy, you know, if the door is open at that time. And then finally, we kind of do all of that. We try them. We experiment. We, we, we use the muscle. We try to build the muscle of resting with tiny changes, building it on, and also discarding, learning how to say yes and no to yourself and yes and no to things that you think might or might not bring you joy, right? And, and, and that is just for you without the criticism, with the support, like you get my support, my ongoing support for this. And then there is a shorter version of that. There is like a 90 minute, because this is a three to four months commitment, right? When you're ready, when you think like, okay, it's been long enough and I need support. But when you're like, I just want to try it out. I want to see if anything can change for me, but I don't feel like I have the commitment all the time. I have a 90 minute session. It's, it's a strategy. It's a self-care strategy. We'll look at what you do now and how you do things now, because like you said, maybe you're trying to plan something. Maybe you're trying to schedule something and it's not working. So we, we delve into that. And we also give you tools. I give you tools to go and try it for yourself and see how it works. Because if at the end of the day, you're like, I like what you're doing and I want to do it longer, then we can do that, right? But you also get like, a, like an influx of energy, an influx of ideas. But the main thing is, and what I always tell my clients is that it's on you. I can give you all the tools. I can tell you about all the books. I can tell you about all the things, but it's on you to do the work. And so if you want to do the work, please come and work with me. I'm doing a workshop, which is called 
expert level self-care strategist for, that can transform your energy before the stage. So basically anyone who needs to do a presentation or who is a professional speaker, who has a workshop coming up, how do we, there are several traps we get into before that, before the spotlight hits our face. And what are those things and how can you incorporate? So if anyone's interested, it's on my website check it out uh, and I think it will be super helpful because similar to the strategy session it gives you like super quick things to focus on to think about and the tools to practice it with and the tools to implement and start changing things so yeah that's that's going to be up. my main website is rest.coach it's just r-e-s-t.c-o-a-c-h and you can find all the links to me there as well as in Lori's podcast. I am working on my email list, so please join. There are address tips and all the things and kind of first dibs on, on interesting things I'm doing and learning and seeing in my life. Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to have all of these links inside the show notes. Anastasia, this has been fantastic and really eye-opening in terms of uh, why rest is so important and the importance of making it a priority instead of an afterthought or you know the precursor to productivity versus resting for rest's sake so thank yes. you so much thank you so much and i hope you have a restful rest of your week Thanks for listening, and if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Check out our show notes for this episode where you can find any of the links and resources that were mentioned during the show and connect with a health and wellness provider committed to helping you ditch diets and achieve results without restriction. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.